0: Welcome to the Fromer Travel Show. I'm your host, Pauline Fromer. As always, I'm so grateful to have you here. Today, you may have a bit of a window into my daily life because there's construction going on on my building. And so if you hear any weird noises, I'm hearing some knocks in the background. That's what it is. My apologies. It's it's still, we're still in those work from home days. So we got to work with it. It's going to be a great show. Our second guest is the most charming French author, wrote a beautiful book on Provence. Talking to him just kind of brought me to France. But we're going to start the guest with the Fromer All-Stars. I'm talking about Jason Cochran, who is the editor-in-chief of Fromers.com, and Zach Thompson, who is the managing editor of that website. Because there's been so much travel news, I I thought let's get the team together and discuss it. Hey, guys, thanks for coming back to the podcast. Hello. Hi, thanks for having us. So, Zach, let's start with you. This week, you have been Mr. Family Travel, because (laughs) family travel has gotten really, really tricky for folks with kids under the age of 16. Mm -hmm. Why is that? And it has nothing to do with puberty, right?
1: (laughs) Not this time. (laughs) Uh, well, the main issue is obviously that vaccines have been opened up for. Well, they will soon be for all uh, adults over the age of sixteen in the United States. As of ni- uh, April nineteenth, they we, we're zooming right along with that. But kids are kind of left out of that. They they're not. They haven't been uh, verified as safe for children until uh, yet. Their studies are underway, but um, they don't think teenagers, twelve to fifteen, will be eligible until they think maybe the start of the school year and then younger children, maybe not until the beginning of 2022. So they are kind of left behind in all the excitement. So uh, that that kind of throws a wrench into family planning, well, family travel planning for this summer, for your summer vacation.
0: And it has it has to do not just with safety. Obviously, if you're vaccinated, you're going to be safer in terms of going into closed spaces, but many travel entities and destinations are saying, you don't have the vaccine, we don't want to see you, right?
1: Yeah, well, some countries have talked about, a lot of, like Europe, for example, uh, US uh, citizens are mostly barred from visiting there anyway, but some are um, beginning to open up, like uh, Iceland, uh, they have a quarantine, but they're saying that um, if if you're vaccinated, you can waive quarantine, but if you have children, you still have to quarantine for five days. Or Unvaccinated visitors all have to quarantine for five days. So right. you have to sit there with your kids and uh, stew for uh, five days. There are options where you can, there are countries like Belize, Croatia, the Seychelles, they're letting you skip quarantine uh, as long as you provide COVID-19 tests or, vac- or, or proof of vaccination records. And families could technically still do it that way. And it's similar in the Caribbean where, th- where you have to provide tests no matter what, if you've been vaccinated or not, uh, you have to do testing for those those countries. Mexico doesn't require testing at all. But there's still concern. There's still things you could think you should think about before you cross borders, I think, because there's a there's a CDC rule that you have to get tested before you come back to the U.S. and and otherwise you're going to have to quarantine. So if your child. Yeah, go ahead.
0: But let me just ask you. So there's the CDC rule saying you have to get tested to come back. But does that rule apply to vaccinated people? Do yes, they it, have to get tested, too?
1: Yes, it does. At this time, everybody vaccinated, oh, despite your vaccine, vaccine status. But you're not likely to test positive if you're an adult who's been vaccinated, obviously. Your child, right. however, may have a positive test and you're stuck in uh, wherever and uh, you have to quarantine. And there's all the uh, this very frightening uh, and expensive to have to cool your heels in well, wherever you are.
0: I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize, that not only do you have to quarantine if you're negative in another country and you want to return to the U.S., but you're going to have to foot the bill yeah, for right. that quarantine,
1: yeah. you, which, you,
0: which could get pricey very quickly.
1: You take that risks, risk when you go out of the country right now.
0: Yeah. Now, what about cruise ships? And I'm going to bring Jason in on this because, Jason, you've been writing a lot about what the cruise lines are going to be doing in terms of either requiring the vaccine or somewhat requiring the vaccine, right? Well, the situation is
2: kind of similar. there's a real mixed bag like some places some cruise lines are coming out and saying everyone including kids will have to be vaccinated so you're gonna have to leave your kids at home if you want to come right now other cruise lines are saying okay the adults have to be vaccinated the kids can come with a negative uh COVID-19 test so there's depending on the cruise line that you choose and even the destination because even a couple cruise lines are saying adults only um must be vaccinated. Kids don't have to be. But if they sail to the UK, UK rule says everyone has to be. So it's uh, it's sort of a mixed bag. But in general, you know, let's
0: can you name some of the cruise lines? Sure.
2: Some of the ones that are just sort of demanding that everybody gets uh, vaccinated. Norwegian is probably the biggest one that families would know. They require full proof of COVID-19 vaccination before embarkation period. And you also have to have two uh, negative tests on top of that. I just want to add, by the way, I've got a friend who got his vaccine in January. He still came down with COVID this week. Now, granted, you you, it's not as life-threatening. If you get Ooh. COVID after you're, vac- you're vaccinated, he's mostly embarrassed you know, yeah. that he allowed it to happen. And he's talking and happy, you know, he's okay. <laughs> but uh, it is still possible, which is, I think, one reason that a negative COVID-19 is, test is still part of this. Because a vaccinated person can bring COVID-19 with them without knowing it. So... That's that's why that's happening. It's not just arbitrary. But other cruise lines like Royal Caribbean are saying, okay, now, only for over 18.
0: Before we leave Norwegian cruise... No, I would... Yeah, go ahead. Right. Now, before we leave Norwegian cruise lines, it's important to... to so they are now, in effect, for the near future, an adult-only line. In effect. Yeah, until, so for...
1: until October 31st is what they're saying. They're like, if, if you... We have to have all uh, vaccinated passengers for sailings before October 31st. And they're like, if you, and and they don't, they don't say that they're not, that they're blocking kids. They're just like, we only let vaccinated people in. And if if you're not vaccinated and you happen to be 11 years old, we're sorry. You uh, say on the, it's not our fault. It's it's the science. So it's interesting about about Norwegian, if uh,
2: you're going to book it thinking, great, there are not going to be any kids. And the government decides that certain ages in the kids bracket are now eligible. People will start booking with kids. So it won't be as adults only as you think. So they're not saying they're adults only because they're only adults only by default. And the science Research could change and it could suddenly be OK to admit some teenagers. We'll see.
0: Sure. But the other thing that's notable about that is because they are saying very strictly that they're only allowing vaccinated passengers, they're getting to do much more interesting itineraries because more ports will accept them. Is Mm -hmm. is that fair to say, Jason? They haven't announced
2: like a direct uh, definitive correlation that no one has said these places are allowing us because we said everyone must be vaccinated. But it is easy to look at the itineraries of these cruise ships and see that the ones that don't demand vaccination of everybody, for example, everyone under 18 can come on with the negative COVID-19 tests, are not going to as many interesting ports. They're sticking around just the Bermuda. They're just sticking around the Bahamas. And they plan it that way because they really want to restart so Americans can travel. And they haven't gotten enough clearance from enough governments to bring the ships to all these different ports. The ship that is going to the most interesting ports in the Caribbean and in, the, and in Greece is Norwegian. And I have a feeling it's because all the local port authorities are very pleased to see that everyone's going to be vaccinated and so they're more willing to let them in. So that's but the problem is. None of these cruise ships, not one of them is leaving from the United States. They're all, all the brands that you know and love that you're used to seeing leave from Florida or, you know, Long Beach or all these other major ports are going to be only operating at the moment from offshore. And that is because the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the U.S. has not yet given clearance to the major cruise lines to sail from the U.S. And there's still a lot of, Big question marks on what's going to happen when they return. For example, the other day, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said, hey, executive order, we're not going to allow any vaccination passports. So you, we're not going to use them in this state. You're not allowed. And if I think if any of the ports receive any state money, and they do, they can't ask customers who are boarding cruises for their proof of vaccination, which is a problem because when they that ship leaves Florida and goes to whatever Caribbean country, they want the assurance that we've been vaccinated. So where's the proof? So it may have a situation where – Your local government says you don't need a vaccination, proof of vaccination or a vaccination passport is what we're calling it for short. But you really actually do if you want to ever get
0: off the ship. Or will people simply have to stay on the ship? Will you'll you'll have two tiers of passengers because of that? It's a big question. I mean, is that a possibility of what could happen?
2: Because of what Florida has just done, it's it's messed. It made a big mess of it because the cruise lines want to come back. But the cruise lines also want to offer full itineraries and it's not just a unilateral choice it's all these different individual ports have to look at the paperwork and say they're satisfied that no one's bringing covid that's why they want proof of vaccination so so if you're not allowed to ask for it when you show up in florida to get on the cruise ship what's good how is that really going to work to the satisfaction of all the destinations that the cruise ship wants to go to
0: huh now let's get back. Let's get back to family cruising for a moment. So we we know Norwegian Cruise Lines is not going to accept kids. Zach, which lines do accept children, even if they're unvaccinated?
1: Yeah, Royal Caribbean uh, does. Celebrity. They they've said they've kind of followed that uh, similar policy that many governments are doing. So they'll they'll accept proof of negative COVID-19 test results in lieu of uh, vaccination records for people under the age of 18. So Royal Caribbean and Celebrity, which are uh, sister brands.
2: You, you find that the what the, about Carnival? Falling, the brands that are... All, yeah, Jason, you wrote something about Carnival. The, 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 the brands that are making a cutout for kids to bring tests instead tend to be the family brand. I mean, you could probably predict yourself with the exception of Norwegian... It's like Royal Caribbean, you know, like he was saying, but it's not It's not like a Silver Sea. That's Everyone must be vaccinated on Silver Sea, but that's an upscale brand that tends to have fewer kids anyway. Uh, so you, you find that, that a lot of the policies now have sure, been sure. specifically tailored to appeal to that customer base, which brings us to Carnival. Carnival, two things about Carnival. It hasn't laid down any law at all about what it was going to do about vaccines because it keeps having to cancel its upcoming sailings. And the reason it keeps having to upco- cancel its upcoming sailings is because it wants to stick to sailing from the U.S. In the last, you know, 10, 15 years, Carnival's niche really has kind of been largely for the drive-in market. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, they'll put a ship in Galveston or Baltimore, places where there aren't usually ships so people can drive in and get on. And I, and I think they really want to get back to that. And they had planned to go come back in June. But the CDC still hasn't given clearance. So I think until Carnival, Carnival would rather probably not ask everyone for a vaccination certificate because it broadens the number of people who can come. But it hasn't yet laid it down because it really can't announce a firm comeback date yet.
0: We haven't covered it, but uh, there has been word in, in industry press that Carnival has made some veiled threats that unless the CDC makes it a little more easy for them to come back, they're going to abandon U.S. ports. Yeah, um, I saw that. I, I yeah, it's going to be interesting personally. to see what happens be- because with
2: because that. Because Carnival's right. um, audience, I think yeah. they tend to prefer – a drive-in. I think a good number of Carnival's core audience may not even own a passport. And from At this moment, if you want to take one of these major cruise lines, you have to get yourself a passport if you don't have one. It used to be if you sailed from Florida or or the U.S. anywhere, you could present a driver's license in most cases because you're just getting on and off the ship the whole time. But if you're starting in another country now, you have to have the passport, and a whole number of people who take cruises don't have those yet. So that's why I think Carnival really would rather not uh, go down the route of leaving America.
0: So Let's get off cruising for, an, for a moment and talk about airline fees. Everybody's which is favorite usually, subject. Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to say, it's it's usually a big bummer of a topic. But you wrote an article, Jason, that was actually pretty hopeful on this subject. So so what has been the new newest development in what you're shelling over to the airlines? The biggest
2: one is actually thrilling to me. Um, on the surface, it, it, the headline is the fees are coming back. The change fees are coming back. If you want to change your flight, you know, for this past year, the airlines have been very lenient because they know that no one can pin down their travel futures. So they've said, you know, you can keep rolling that cancellation without a fee if you need to. As you remember, before the pandemic, if you wanted to cancel a flight, most of the time there's a big hefty fee. And then you had to pay the change in airfare for the next flight that you'd chosen, right? You may not remember, but years and years and years ago, probably 15, 20 years ago, there usually weren't many change fees. If you could decide the day before a flight, you know, I'm, I wanna, I want to. got a wedding invitation this weekend. I'm going to leave next Tuesday instead. You could pretty easily change it without a massive fee. We're going back to that. The pandemic has now conditioned, I guess, all of us to travel without change fees. So in almost every category of ticket on all the major airlines, starting basically now, between now and May 1st, if you buy a ticket from then on, you'll be able to change your ticket without a fee. You just have to change the difference in fare for the next flight that you, you choose with one exception. The exception is basic economy. You know, about six to eight years ago, most of the airlines began introducing the basic economy class, a ticket that basically is non-refundable. You don't get to choose a seat. You probably don't even get to bring a check a bag or a carry on without extra fees. That's the category that will be hit sure. by a fee. In some cases, you know, you won't even be able to get your money back if you cancel on those basic economies. So those basic economy tickets, the cheapest one, the one that shows up when you do your search, and it's always the one that you think is the hottest price. That's usually the basic economy. That's the one that will have still a change fee. But from economy up, almost every airline domestically, and in some cases, some of the international flights too, will be abandoning the change fees, which I think is really terrific. You can now have that freedom to change your mind that I think we've all forgotten that you used to be able to have when you could fly.
0: See, you you think this is really terrific, but I'm I'm so... Uh, I I always see those basic economy fares and say, "Mama, that's for me. That's <laughs> what I want." You know, I, 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 to think that I can't take that lower fee—that that there are big risks involved—that's kind of a bummer. Do you know, Jason, what percentage of? Uh, people on a plane are on a basic no, I don't economy know that percentage. ticket. Do we know how? M-
2: no, not, yeah. not a fan.
0: But think yeah, I about wonder if there means. is a, an
2: actual percentage. Those, this basic yeah. economy kind of isn't changing. You can still have it because the basic economy before the pandemic was fees for everything sure. you want to do. And now it still is. But now you do have the option in the other fair classes of doing without the change fee if you buy one of those. So really, if you love basic economy, that's kind yeah. of not changing. It's, it's, it is what you get and you don't get any more. But everything else is changing. Now, we all know how this is going to go. They'll find other ways to make their money. People forget that in the middle of the uh, pandemic, American Airlines decided it would hike checked bag fees. It did it last April, if you can imagine what we were all doing last April. Mm. They, they hiked their bag fees wow. quietly because there were other headlines. There there will be other fees, I'm sure, that they'll find ways to get in. For example, if you have a basic economy ticket, and some airlines, they would have let you change it with a fee. In general, the basic economy tickets really will lock you now into You either take that flight or you lose your cash. Um, So they will make their money in other ways. But I'm thrilled. I used to be able to – it was great in my 20s to change my mind if I decided to go on a different date. Because now how many of us like move heaven and earth to try to stick to those original flight plans that we made? And it causes all sorts of mayhem. How wonderful it is to say, you know, let's add two days to our trip. I think it's – personally, I'm thrilled about the change.
1: By the same well, token, th- a lot of say a lot of young travelers do choose basic economy tickets, and th- I mean th- they do. I mean, I guess when you buy a basic economy ticket, you are expecting to be like o- overloaded with fees for every little thing you want to do. But it- I do feel bad that they always get the short end of the stick.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the type of person who I I always get to the airport way too early, Me too. and then I get I get tempted by the flights that are leaving for my destination earlier, and now I guess. Uh, if You're I'm not in. on a basic economy ticket, exactly. I'll be able to change. So yeah, that becomes nice. So That'll
2: much be nice. less of a headache, you know, because, yeah, if you want to go for standby for the last 10 years, in a lot of cases, you still have to pay an extra 150 or something just to change, even if there was space. So I love Yeah, that it. was ridiculous. I'm, I'm pleased with this. But, you know, who knows? I'm sure the airlines will mess it up. I, I'm all when it comes to customer service. As long as I know ahead of time that the ticket I'm buying is a jail, I'm OK with it. I chose the jail. It's, you know, every other <laughs> fair class being treated as right. if you were in jail. So I think as long as they are very honest from the very front, like, hey, this is the class where you can't change anything and you accept that, then no one's getting hurt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You may be right. You may be right. You know, before I meant to bring this in when we were discussing cruises, uh, but I'm just going gonna, gonna to end this segment with you, lovely gentlemen, with this. For, wow, it must be at least the last 15 years. Uh, the, The Venetians, the people who live in the gloriously beautiful city of Venice, have been taking to the streets, have been calling their politicians, have been trying to engage the world community to stop cruise ships from coming into the heart of the city. And if you've ever seen a photo of one of these massive ships dwarfing all of these spectacular uh, ancient buildings—you've—you've you, you've thought, how could this be allowed to happen? I mean, uh, you see those photos of these massive ships next to these priceless architectural icons. St. Mark's, yeah, St. Mark's. Mm-hmm. What, what the hell? If it's crazy-looking cruise ship, you know, accidentally the guy hits the. The, the ignition, rather than the brake, boom. That actually happened a couple years ago. Several hundred years of history. There was
1: a midsize ship that yeah, yeah. two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. They hit a they hit a boat. Uh, they hit a dock and another a smaller boat, and which is like think, five people were injured. I, it's been a disaster. Have you ever been on a
2: cruise ship as it so, goes to cruise down in the middle of Venice before? I have. It's quite an experience.
0: I have not personally. No. Yeah,
2: I guess it's never going to happen again, though, because
0: because it's been banned. It has been banned. Now, this is Italy. So that may not be the end of the story. This, there was actually another ban that happened after that cruise ship hit the dock in 2019. And then a new government came in and they said, oops, we're going to unban it. Uh, and that was my terrible Italian accent. I shouldn't do that. Sounded slightly uh, Croatian. So slightly, I don't know what it was. But anyway, it was more like a spaghetti Italian accent, <laughs> spicy meatball. Right. So I'm worried it could be rolled back because it seems this was a pronouncement by the cabinet. It didn't seem to involve the entire government of Italy. So that's one of my worries. And the other worry is it looks like these massive cruise ships will still be going to a famous canal that leads into the lagoon. And scientists are saying that could be as damaging to the seabed of the lagoon. And one of the biggest problems with the cruise ships was that it was felt they were damaging the seabed and the seabed has to be in place so that uh, when tides rise, the city doesn't get as badly flooded, and I can't really explain it better than that because I'm not. An well, it sounds like officer. a reef. A
2: reef has the same effect if a hurricane hits
1: an island that's surrounded by a reef; it mitigates.
0: It's like. Oh, thank you, Jason. You 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 made that better. <laughs> if you're,
1: how do you get? If you're on the cruise and you're further away from the center of things, how do they get? They do they run buses? How do you get to? You're going to be.
0: You're going to be a docking at the ugliest. Place in all of Italy, most likely Which with this is new a plan. Stretch.
1: Uh, Italy has very few ugly places, so...
2: Right, it, right, it, yeah. You're going to Italy gonna... does have many cruise ports that you have to take a bus from. You know, if you want to see yes. Rome, Florence, so, Pisa, so that's what happens. I think with the exception of Genoa, there's really no way to dock in those cities already. So it's just now when you go to Italy and on a cruise you know pack pack a little game for the buses they're going to be on many coaches
0: well but wait will it be a bus or will it be a small boat because i mean to go to the center of of uh, venice you usually have to take a vaporetto i think it, it depends on the cruise line buses. as
2: well because i've heard some are going to go further away it depends on how the slots that are available you know for so it'll
1: also be in, it'll also be interesting to see if other overcrowded european ports follow uh, this example, like Barcelona or uh, Yugoslavia, or what do you call it, Croatia? Yeah, so use uh, I said Yugoslavia, like yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and we know that the Cayman Islands, which had been the third most popular cruise port in all of the Caribbean, announced a couple of months ago. You know what? We're going to step back. We don't want, we've lived for a year without cruise ships, and we think life is better without being inundated by thousands of people all at once, you know, a couple of times a week. So
1: Key, Key West uh, voted to, voters in Key West voted to ban big cruise ships too. But yeah,
2: unfortunately, yeah, that's so another it's, it's, case it's, 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 it's where the different. state of Florida is trying to override it. So, uh, yeah, Ron DeSantis again, they force cruise ships to go back to uh, Key West, even though the locals don't want them there. I've got. A, a number of friends who live in Key West or have, and they just don't love the cruise ships there. They don't. They feel like the people don't leave. They don't go far enough away. They don't spend any money. They don't add anything mm-hmm. to the community. I had a friend who ran a shop on the main street there for many years, and she she said she barely ever saw a cruise ship co- uh, customer because they just want to drink and get back on board to eat again.
0: And without cruise ships, they may get more land based customers, which could be better for the economy as a whole. Anyway, so we'll see. A cruising. You know, you can't stop something for a full year and then expect it to come back the same. I think there's going to be a lot of changes with cruising. So on that note, uh, we're going to go to our second segment. Thank you so much, guys. It's always a pleasure talking with you.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Our next guest is Francois Simon, who is the author of a ravishing new book called Provence Glory. Welcome to the Frommer Travel Show, Francois.
3: Hello. How are you?
0: I'm very well. And I know we all want to get back to France once once the lockdown ends and when this uh, terrible pandemic passes. In the book... You start out by saying it's very hard to say on a map where Provence is in France, where the boundaries are. <laughs> why, is that, why is that so difficult?
3: Because, uh, you know, landscapes are difficult to, uh, to name. And I mean, it depends the river, it depends the mountain. And I think you've got about 10 or 12 different maps of Provence. And that's why I really do like this countryside because it's a moving place. That means sometimes you are in Provence and one kilometer further, you are out of Provence. And Provence, you can find it in, uh, in Spain, in Greece, in Italy too. And you, you can hear it too, even in your home, when you cut with a knife a lemon. Huh. So provinces is everywhere. So that's why this book was so difficult to, well, to stay, you know, to, to put in a box because this country is made of wind, is made of atmosphere and so on. And you can uh, grasp it. You can yes. take it, you know.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, I think you feel that in the book. I mean, the, the pictures are so beautiful and and so varied. There are so many different sides to Provence. I think when Americans think about Provence, they often think of uh, Vincent van Gogh yeah. uh, and his paintings. Mm. How is the Provence of today different or the same as what van Gogh showed us?
3: <laughs> I like your question because yeah. you already know the answer. Of course, the landscape moves always. Mm. Even the next year, it will be different from today. But it's a very good therapy for your eyes. I mean, when you are in a beautiful town as Rome, as Paris, everywhere of a beautiful landscape, as Provence, you have to learn to avoid, I mean, I would say, um, ugly things. Mm -hmm. As you do in the life with uh, toxic people, Mm. So you have to manage and to say, to be very peaceful with the landscape. And uh, when you are nearly in the same place uh, as Van Gogh used to be, you have to avoid, you know, all the uh, pollution of your memory and of the facts. It's a very good therapy because you can really be in the mind of Van Gogh by thinking to his paintings and you rediscover the real feeling when you were there, right. but it's really but- a therapy. You have really to to make an effort. It's not, you know.
0: Sure, it's- I mean, it's, so so you can't go and look at a gas station and say, "Oh, Van Gogh." <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> enchanté. but enchanté. <laughs> but you have. But there are still fields and olive groves and uh, beautiful flowers in Provence, especially at this time of year, I would think, that will look like Van Gogh. The other thing we know about Provence Mm -hmm. is that when you go there, you feast. The food in Provence (laughs) is spectacular, right? Tell us a little bit about what it's like to have a meal in Provence.
3: You know, I think it's everywhere in France the same. For example, this evening I am receive, received, receiving a friend, but the dinner is already be, begun. You know, when I was in the market this morning, I say, "Well, what I'm going to do for, for him? Um, a fish, a meat? He wants uh, some vegetables." So, the dinner is already begun. You know, so that's the same is right. Provence. The dinner is one of the most important things of the day. Because you think about it even the day before. You say, where are we going to have the dinner tomorrow? You can spend a dinner to talk about this. Because when you are around the table, what are we talking about? We are talking about food again Mm. and again and dinner. (laughs) And And the last, you know. So the dinner is really a very important thing. Even it's a very cheap dinner, you know. Even it's a very glorious dinner. The dinner is a moment of the day where the people are together. The family, or friends, or new friends, you know. And this is really the, the spirit of Provence. Uh, right. Provence without dining. Wow. I couldn't.
0: <laughs> well, and that's why you show such beautiful pictures of, of food and people mm. eating together. That's one of the subjects of the book. Now, you also show Provence in different seasons, but is there a best time of year to go to Provence, uh, do you think?
3: I think it's June and September. Hmm. And between, uh, it's not so great because uh, so many people, you know, too sunny, too many people in the hotels, on the route, ev- everywhere, you know, prices are higher, people are, you know, on the urge. And it's Really not a good time to visit it because you need to have silence, time, open roads, empty places, and people who are taking care of you. I was last weekend in Saint-Tropez and it was so nice because there was no one in the street except the wind. Mm. And I was really, you know, close to the spirit of this uh, small uh, Small town by the sea, and you can really feel the soul of the place. And uh, in the summer, it's really difficult. This so my answer would should be June and the lovely September.
0: Hmm. And September, I guess you have the harvest yeah going course. on. Yeah, yeah. It's so so, nice. so that's and, uh, that's
3: something else. Summer is finishing, you know people are back to the work, and you are here. <laughs> right now, when. When visitors
0: who don't have expertise in Provence visit, what do they tend to miss? What What are the things that people who are coming to visit Provence should see but don't see?
3: Wow. Well, I think people used to go where ev- everyone is, mm-hmm. and it's it's a really a pity because uh, just fifty meters. Among or, or beyond, you know, you are alone, and you can, and you've got the place for yourself. And the people uh, don't make, they don't prepare enough the travel. I mean, right? You should read, see movies, paintings, and when you will be in Provence, for example, every step you're gonna have it will be a reverberation. And you say, "Ah, oh, yes, I remember in this movie, in this painting, in this music, in those words. And every step you make, your body is really, is the sens- sensuality of intelligence. Because you are thinking about it every second. And if I got a recommendation too, is to learn a few words of French. Bravo,
0: I studied French when I was very young. My French is terrible now, but, but I have you
3: know, a few words. It's so nice for us to listen. Merci. Bonjour. Oui. And the people are really moved because mm-hmm. so often uh, English, people uh, speaking English are directly speaking in English. And it's, for example, for me, I'm a little bit embarrassed because I say, pardon, even if I say, it, if, if I can't talk a little bit English, you know, and uh, right. everything is changing when you say, oh, s'il vous plaît, vous voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? You understand? <laughs> right, oui. <laughs> so you open,
0: je you know, je <laughs> so you
3: open I remember word, that song. You know, and everything <laughs> is uh, changing. So you need to learn just a, a few words and, uh, Every single that change.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, it's been a delight speaking with you, and I think one of the ways people can best prepare for Provence is getting your big book. It would be too big to, to <laughs> carry with you. It probably Sorry. probably weighs about five pounds, but it's a, yeah. it's it's a gorgeous book filled with beautiful photos. In fact, we are going to be exclusively showing some of those photos on fromers.com. So if you want to have a preview of the book, visit us at the website. Thank you so much, Francois. We really appreciate it. Such a
3: pleasure. A bientôt.
0: And that's it for this week's show. My apologies if there were some distortions to the sound. Uh, As I said at the beginning, I'm working from home, trying to get this right, Uh, but this week was a little difficult. So my apologies. Next week will be better. I'm going to make sure that we have this fixed, but I hope you were able to enjoy it anyway. I hope you'll visit us at Fromers.com partially to see the spectacular photos from Provence Glory, which is our last guest guest's book, Provence Glory by Francois Simon. It's not published by us, but we were able to work with their publisher to, to get an exclusive excerpt. And boy, do those photos scratch the travel itch. They are just spectacular. Uh, it's a, a really beautiful book. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. And to those who are traveling, may I wish you a hearty bon voyage. See you next week.